we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. Welcome to episode 61 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. I am rolling hard in the mobile doomsday studios with more weird shit for your ass. So let me see, man. There, There's a lot going on, and I'll tell you something, man. Like, usually... I like to, I mean, dude, life is hard enough, and I like to, you know, offer at least a little something to laugh about, a little something to brighten the day, you know, I mean, I try to be a casual extremist, right, it doesn't got to be, you know, so hectic all the time, but I'll tell you something, man, shit is starting to get heavy out there, so I want to talk about a little bit of what's going on out there with um, some of the shit that's just kicking off. Uh, overseas, around the world, on the international scene, and uh, I want to start hitting on what that means for you and what you need to start being ready for. So I've never really been one to say like, you know, bro, you got to get ready now. But I'm saying you need to start thinking that direction. Like I've said, you know, before, like, hey, maybe start thinking about it. But I'm saying like, no shit, um, start getting your shit in one sock, man, because. The, uh, the planets are aligning and shit could get hectic real fucking soon. And I'll caveat that by like, you know, it was not that long ago. Well, I mean, shit, let me say it this way. I will tell you a story. I'll tell you a story about a very, very long time ago in a faraway forgotten period of American history that I was unfortunate enough to be alive for. But not that long ago, man, check this shit out. Like I was at work when I was in the military and I was getting my operator shit on. I was at work and we were rigging up this thing called a duck and a duck is basically one of those you know inflatable zodiac boat deals but the deal is you put it on a wooden platform and you put all these straps and shit and you get this tubular nylon and you basically tie it to this fucking platform and what you're going to do is you're going to take this thing and you're going to put a bunch of your equipment and shit in it and then you're going to go and you're going to like hover over the water you know not you personally but like in a helicopter and then you're going to shove it out the back. And then you're going to jump out of the helicopter. You're going to fucking unass the duck from this, um, you know, from this platform that it's on. And then you're going to, you know, zodiac off into the sunset and go, you know, do your shit. Go do your thing. Set shit on fire. Slay the dragon. Save the princess. Whatever. So we're rigging up this fucking duck, uh, you know, in the compound in the back there. And now, like, this, this Cadillac... This fucking gold Cadillac, like, just rolls into the compound. And everybody kind of stops and is looking, and we're like, what the fuck? And, like, it's just kind of creeping, and nobody's really thinking much of it. And I walk over there, and a window rolls down, and it's just this old dude. There's this old dude in his Cadillac, and he's like, yeah, is this uh, the the such-and-such resort? And I said, no, this ain't a resort. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for the this such and such resort. And I said, yeah, dude, that isn't here, man. He's like, well, how do I get to it? I said, you go back out here, like you go back the way you came. <laughs> not, not like that so much, but 
I said, yeah, you got to go back out here where you were, and then, you know, you turned, but instead of turning, like, go, keep going fucking straight, and you go way down there, and you'll fucking see it, all right, and the guy's like, all right, he's like, well, where am I, and I said, man, you don't even want to fucking know, and he looks around, and like, it's all these fucking jamokes, you know, like, jack dudes with a lot of ink, and ambiguously gay uniforms, and uh, he's like, oh, okay, and he just fucking takes off, but like such was the case like this was pre-2001 man and this it was like that like you could just drive onto a base like if you got fucked up out in town like you didn't have uber but you could just get in a cab and be like yeah take me back to the base and they could drive you onto a base and drop you off wherever the fuck you wherever you stay they could just drop you off there it's not a big deal man like why make it fucking weird like who's gonna come onto a base and fuck around like these are people that like signed up for this gig, you know, for the purpose of hurting other people. Like, why would you go there to fuck around? You know, so they didn't really have, like, nobody gave a shit who drove onto a base or, you know, any of that shit. And it wasn't a real big fucking deal. Um, and then certainly like now it's like if a car rolled up, who can it be? You know, and, uh, you don't know who it is. Like people would probably at this point start thinking like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? Is it a fucking car bomb? Is that going to get a, it's going to roll down the window and start spray in you know, or some kind of crazy shit, like, you don't know what's going to happen, but at the time, it wasn't a major concern, so, since then, man, shit has escalated and escalated and escalated, and I guess, being like, being an old fuck, you know, but, like, just kind of the, the specific era, like, the sort of almost sweet spot, or unsweet spot, that I grew up in, uh, I, like, I had, occasion to see like the functional, useful, upright society that boomers got left with, you know, like I got to see like the very tail end of that shit, but then I also get to see, you know, the, the absolute hellscape that it's all become, you know, so that's why like, especially like dudes my age, like I feel like, you know, we've got like enough reason to be really pissed off. Like I, I've seen what this country. I've seen what this society could be. And it's definitely fucking not. It's something much, much else. And it's going to shit in a fucking hurry. And so for me, like I talked to some other, like this other fucking, this boomer motherfucker dude that was like Mr. Bright Eyes and things are going to be okay. I think, you know, and he's like, why are you in such a bad mood all the time? Like you always been like this. I'm like, dude, I've been in a bad fucking mood for like 30 years. I'm like, I've seen, you know, how, how shit could be. And I see how shit is and I see shit that's wrong. And I see that I can't do shit about it except get pissed off and tell somebody else. So yeah, I'm in a pretty bad fucking mood. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's hard on your mental well-being. I'm like, you know, what's going to be hard on your mental well-being is if I stomp the ass out of you and leave you in a puddle. And then, you know, then you can go on about like patting yourself on the back over, what you've done to this fucking place and left for everybody else so you could go fucking tour the world and you win a fucking bago. Anyway, I digress, man. So, looking at the situation as it is, man, um, like, I know probably, and I can't remember if I mentioned last time, but a lot of cats will be like, dude, why always with the harping on the shit that goes on other places, like a lot of this big picture shit? And I'll tell you, dude, like, like a lot of us have talked about, you know, the... Um, you know, like the, the Weimar Germany shit, right? Weimar problems, Weimar solutions. But if you didn't have an understanding at the time, you know, like if you were there in like 1920s, 30s Germany, 
if you had an understanding of like, dude, there's bad shit happening. I could see this going very, very pear-shaped. Probably people who looked at it like that were like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plan ahead. I'm going to get the fuck out of here or I'm going to save my my nickels or I'm going to put my fucking Deutschmark somewhere else so that they, you know, because they're going to become worthless because look at how this shit is going. You know, if you have a broad understanding of what's going on, then you're going to understand how it translates to you. All right. So to me, it's not um, it's not so much like just howling about some shit I can't do anything about. It's howling about like, look at what's coming down the pipe, man. If there are adjustments to be made and we are getting closer and closer to this situation where it's like, yeah, there are very definite adjustments that you're going to need to make to stay in one piece. So we can start steering that direction. Like there's still some wiggle room. Like, dude, cooler heads could prevail. Like I said that to somebody just the other day, like, you know, cooler heads could prevail. And there could be somebody that's like, you know what, dude, this isn't going to fucking end well. We need to just back off of this shit. Let's fucking reel it in a little. Let's be fucking sensible. I don't think any of those people are the people making any decisions right now. The people I see making decisions right now are like, well, this is what Israel wants. So this is what Israel is going to get. Whether that short dicks you or it means somebody's kid dies in a war that doesn't mean shit to them. Um, You know, that's what's going to fucking happen. But looking at what's happening out there, um, obviously, like, Israel has just fucking continued to ramp up, continued to escalate. Uh, More bombings in Gaza. They're moving heavy in the West Bank. They're going after specific Hezbollah targets well inside the borders of Lebanon. And granted, like, these Muslim dudes, they will fucking hustle on that border, dude. They work these fucking borders. They worked them in Afghanistan. They work them in Iraq. You see that's where they set up shop in America. Like, do you think it's some kind of fucking accident that these people set up shop in Michigan and Minnesota? And, you know, this is how they do business, all right? They know that, like, the border is there for you, but it's not so much there for them. You're going to abide by it. They're not going to pay much attention to it. So this is how these things happen, right? But so they are, uh, this IDF, they are addressing targets well inside the borders of, uh, of Lebanon. And um, that is getting international attention. I guess South Africa, and I can't remember who piggybacked on with them. A whole gaggle of countries piggybacked on finally. Like people are starting to catch on in making a complaint to the International Criminal Court. Or, no, 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 sorry, not the International Criminal Court, because that's the one that always gets confused with. So I think International Criminal Court is more like a, like a UN-recognized, like, like, if you will, more legitimate body. But to the International Court of Justice, uh, which sounds kind of LARPy and stupid, because it kind of is LARPy and stupid. But it does matter because the International Court of Justice is something that was co-pimped by Israel after Ma Holocaust uh, for the purpose of, you know, the underdog, the eternal underdog being able to get complaints out there in front of the international community and air their grievances. But the shoe is kind of on the other hand now where Israel is the one under the microscope and uh, it's other countries saying, hey, dude, proper genocide over here, like straight ethnic cleansing. So they've been talking about, like, they're pimping Germany already about, like, hey, how many of these Palestinians do you think you guys could take? And they're just, like, going around the world and, like, you could take some, you could take some. And, and, I mean, the literal textbook definition of ethnic cleansing. Like, yeah, this area, it's going to be all ours. 
and they're already talking. There's like Israeli news shows. Like they haven't for a people that that shills so hard on dude, we're intelligent, bro, we're smart, we're this thing, that thing. These are the, the tonest, deafest people I have ever, ever stumbled across. Like, do you have any sense in your head? Like, why would you start talking while people are already starting to notice that, like, hey, you know, this this looks a lot like ethnic cleansing. Hey, this collective punishment business where you're literally starving people out and bombing and shooting non-combatants, that is the literal definition of a war crime, this collective punishment business. It's a war crime. Don't know if you knew that. But then to add to it all, to add to it all, you've got this tunnels under the uh, Chabad Lubavitch headquarters in New York. So if you did not know this, man, like when I saw the news stories and somebody had pushed a, a um, the, uh, the grizzled pole, like a dude that I talked to on the gram, pushed me a, a story by Rolling Stone that came out literally the day after this news story broke about tunnels under the Chabad headquarters. And I mean, dude, to crank out a story that fast, like, hey, somebody get on this. It, like, obviously this was an all hands on deck, like every swing and dick, every cannibal on the Congo, you're going to get in here. You're going to crank out something. We're going to take the pieces parts and we're going to get it out there in defense of these beard having motherfuckers. So these dudes, man, uh, it appears. So th the appearance of it is that underneath the Chabad headquarters at 770, I don't know what it is, some sidelock boulevard, I don't know, in Brooklyn, uh, there's like, there's a video out there and it's like stairways down, down, down. And I mean, dude, this thing looks like, it looks like Fallout the movie, dude. Like it's all scratched up and nasty. Like if there was like literally zombie hands poking out of the ceiling, like more brains, like, I wouldn't be surprised a bit. I mean, it looks nasty as fuck. But so you get down here and it's moving past like, here's some dirty old clothes from a body who no longer needed them. And here are bags of discarded filth. And over here is like a tipped over high chair. And I mean, and then the things they were pulling out of there, like nasty, dirty mattresses and just, just filth. Like, I mean, all the rumors are true. I mean, you're gonna have a hard time walking this off, man. Like all the stuff that like your souls needs in, Martin Luther, everything that everybody ever said about the way that these people live, dude. I mean, look at this. Look at it. You look at it. And but but it, but it gets better because now you go down, down, down into the depths and the bowels of the earth, and um, they move behind like the video like moves behind this piece of plywood, and now here's this dug in the earth like dirt in you know under the structures of new york city like like soil earth under the ground man like i can't even imagine such a thing like i don't imagine earth there has seen daylight since you know the 1800s but here it is earth and there's a hole in it like just big enough to crawl through you know for a large man or maybe for a child to walk along hunched over nudge nudge wink wink so they've got this hole then, and it doesn't say where it goes, you know, but there has been footage now of like the gentleman in the black hat and the beard, you know, with that certainly orthodox looking getup, um, coming out of, uh, of this, of this, I don't know what you call it, like sewer grate that's sawed open. 
and you know it's it's behind one of those free pink newspaper stands you know here come here take a porno mag or whatever and um you know all very and, and hey and in fairness i don't know that that is exactly where that tunnel goes maybe that was uh maybe that was some slick uh non-hebrew person in a orthodox getup who found a grate to crawl out from and trick and fool you anything is possible but usually when anything is possible the obvious thing is what's most possible and the most obvious thing that's possible is that that hole in the grate is what connects to that earthen tunnel under the earth so um the official story then, the one that got, one got put out in an official statement by the Chabad Lubavitch organization and the same thing that got put out very next day by Rolling Stone was that, you see, it's not what it looks like, Goy. What it is, is that there was a dispute over this property, this 770 Foreskin Boulevard, whatever it is, 770 whatever headquarters building. There was there was a dispute, you see, over ownership and property rights and access to the building and so on. And based on that dispute, some parties, whoever the party was that lost access, decided to try to maintain access, you see. And the way that they did that was just by digging a hole. And uh, you see what these people say in their official statement, their official statement that is official, officially licensed, sanctioned, stamp of approval statement is that it was these teens, some kind of teens, teens have entered the chat. Teens could be here, he thought. I hate teens, right? As the uh, Manischewitz pulsated through his coarse veins and Havan Aguila blared over the radio. So um, now they're saying that like teens, you know, these darn rascals, and they're describing it as like an act of vandalism. And I will tell you, man, to your average urbanite, you know, street dweller type, you might hear this statement and think like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it's like somebody wanted access and they, uh, you know, just thought they just dig under the fence type thing. And I'll get in here one way or the other. You can't stop me. Um, I'm going to throw bullshit on that. And here's why. Like a lot of these things, like a lot of these fish stories that you hear from the side locked community, like six million stories you've heard time and time again before. Once you actually think through the logistics of this, it's, you start to see where what you're saying is bullshit, all right? This particular bullshit story, if you think this thing through, all right, if you think this thing through, what you, what you think of is like, think of this, dude, like say that you decide that I'm going to dig a tunnel from, like even fucking my house to the house over there, you know, I'm going to dig under the street over to that guy's living room or some kind of thing, right? One, you got to get in here with a shovel and you got to start busting ass, all right? How far are you going to dig before you start getting tired and like, I'm no longer interested in this act of vandalism. This is starting to suck, all right? My back is starting to hurt. I'm not having a good time anymore. Do I really want access to this? I just want to get in here and I'm going to prove a point, bro. Like at some point, right, it's going to become like, all right, dude, this is bullshit. This is ass pain. I got fish to fry. I got other things to do, man. I got rent to pay. I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass on the dig X, on big dig exercise, all right? And maybe I'll pick this up at another time. So one guy, two guys, maybe three guys, this becomes like, yeah, dude, I'm not doing this anymore. This is just kind of lame. 
But two, apart from the time consumption and the ass pain, is the simple logistics of like, how do you know where the fuck you're going? All right? Because, you know, you ain't got to be a rocket scientist to like, uh, like, okay, what is my bearing? I got to take like a compass bearing to like over there. But now how can I see where the fuck I'm going? Do I got like a string stretching back there? How much longer am I going to have? I'm going to dig all these extra miles because I'm bobbing and weaving and wiggling and moving and going every which damn way because I don't actually know where the fuck I'm going. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just spending my life digging away, just digging away out here. So you're going to have to have some level of planning. Now, once you start this actual digging process, now you're going to have to get rid of all that dirt because you understand, right, where that tunnel is? Just like a donut, right? Get it? Like the donut hole. That's a part that used to fucking be there and now it's not. Okay? So just like Operation Donut Hole here, where are you going to put all this dirt, Hebrew? Right? So you're digging, digging, digging. You're going to have to cart all that dirt out of there and put it somewhere. Now, I ain't no rocket scientist, but I do feel like if you were pulling dirt up from some, you know, sewer grate on the sidewalk in Brooklyn, at some point, somebody is going to walk over there and be like, hey, what are you doing over here exactly? Right? Because, I mean, this ain't going to be a quick operation. You ain't going to knock this out, you know, over a weekend or at night while nobody's looking. Like, there's going to be some ass pain involved. You're pulling up buckets and buckets and buckets. All right, this is not going to be over quick. You're not going to enjoy this. All right, so you're hustling out all this dirt. Hey, you know, what would probably happen easier is if you were pulling it out through the other end, through 7707, you know, uh, Sidelock Boulevard and carting it away that away. That's a more reasonable possibility, don't you think? I'm inclined to think that's probably more like what happened. Because, because that's the way that they were going to try to fill it in with cement, right? They weren't talking about like some Hebrews out here at the side of the road. Like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to wall this thing up. No, they're just going to leave that. No, what they were doing was, no, we're going to get cement in here inside this building, which is how attention got drawn to it. And we're going to fill it in from cement with cement from this end. They didn't complain to the city. They didn't complain to the cops. They're like, Hey, these guys, somebody did this. Can somebody patch this up like that shit out there on the sidewalk? That's not my property. I can't just go filling things in with cement, you know, out here by the sidewalk. I'm going to need help to do this. Can somebody address the uh, the guilty parties here? Can somebody round up the perpetrators? No, 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 no. We're going to just go out here, you know, sans permit, and we're going to get this cement and, and uh, try to fill it in from our end. We're going to do it that way. Hmm, hmm. Does that smack of trying to maintain a low profile, maybe not wanting people to see what's going on. So, I mean, where you could have just said, you know, like the smart money, I think might've been, you know, cause look at this. I mean, the video of this is just, it's filth, dude. The smart money I think would have been that like, you know, people have been using this for storage or hiding refugees or this kind of shit for decades. We just came across it. We decided that we needed to do something about it. And I don't know, we thought the permits got filed. Somebody fucked up. It's, um, you know, I apologize. We'll try to get it straightened out. That would have been the smart money to me. But instead, you took this approach that like, well, yeah, 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 there was a crime committed, but, but it wasn't us. We didn't commit the crime. Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who said anything about crime? All I see is a hole in the earth. But you immediately shift to like, 
Well, yeah, no, there was there was a crime here and it was vandalism. We're going to go ahead and fill it in from our end. Wait, wait, wait. Why didn't you call anybody? Why didn't you say anything? What about the hole that's out there by the sidewalk for people to fall into? What about that? You going you to say anything? No, 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 no. We'd rather people just don't know about it. We'd like to keep it secret. We're going to throw furniture and do that big, that big, weird, hustling, scurrying, tossing of furniture thing that they do. Dude, the, uh, the Rouse Namen that they, uh, you know, that they are famed for and try so hard to resist, do they not resemble Jesus Judenraus? Yeah? I mean, look at them go. Look at them scurry the way they move around. They've, they've earned it, man. But, um, so yeah, like, they, it couldn't have come at a worse time. You could have not fucked this up at a worse time. So, I mean, really, all of this talk about, oh, you know, we're so smart, you know, you understand, we really, we really run things, you know, we really have a tight handle, uh, we run a tight ship here, you know, not really. So, moving along then, what you see, though, you know, I mean, that that is its own thing, and how that shakes out, dude, I have no doubt that it will evaporate um, in literally no time. It will just go the way of the dodo, and you'll probably never hear anything about it again. Like, Jonathan Greenblatt has already, has, has actually already come out and piggybacked on top of this thing to say that, like, Oh yeah, you know, this this is just an example of people trying to single out this community and accuse them of the long-standing insanity of, of accusations of human sacrifice and, and human trafficking and organ trafficking. And I'm like, who said anything about that? Who said anything about about human trafficking or human sacrifice? What are you what are you getting at, friend? I didn't hear I didn't hear anybody say that. I saw like uh, you know, and whether people were thinking it, and perhaps rightly so, I didn't hear anybody say that. Like you said that, you know, it's like, you know, it's like you come home and, uh, you know, you see a friend of yours like dipping out the side door at your house, and you're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Not fucking your wife." Like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it's just fucking madness, dude. I mean, help me help you, you know. But anyway, I digress, man. So. I mean, this thing just is what it is, but it's definitely gonna, it's gonna definitely stack on top of the other assorted goyim knowing, because this, um, this business in the Middle East is, is compounding yet again, whereby, um, I guess just last night, whatever the fuck day it was is, I don't know what day it is, but, um, within the last 24 hours of me recording this, uh, there was a U.S.-U.K. joint effort to launch strikes against Houthi targets inside the country of Yemen. So, exactly what went on or how they chose these targets, I do not know. I couldn't find anything about it. Um, the Yemeni, like, press people or what the fuck ever, they're saying that five people were killed and they're saying, like, a minimal amount of equipment was damaged. I don't know nothing about that. Um, I could imagine that at least some level, I mean, maybe they have this shit strung around. Maybe they have it deposited different places in case of this kind of thing. I do not know. It is very hard to say. There was some, um, there was some talk that these Houthis had made some kind of an attempt or had initiated some kind of strike against American vessels and had made some kind of hit. 
I didn't see anything further on that from Western media, but at this point, dude, it's extremely hard to tell, like, who is more full of shit, you know? I mean, I can't tell. I mean, because normally you would say, like, dude, Haji Media, dude, I don't know. You people could just be bullshitting, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're completely fucking bullshitting me. But the U.S. media at this point is like, you're, you're not any better. <laughs> I mean, you basically just, the, uh, you know, like I've been to the puppet show and seen the strings, man. And, and I don't believe any of this shit. So apparently, though, um, and... <laughs> And, and I don't know, they're like saying this shit like it's a good thing. Now they're saying that uh, Lloyd Austin, that boy in D.C., you know, he dissect deaf. Uh, they're saying that he ordered this strike from his hospital bed. So if you did not know, this is more, more weird and interesting shit. Um, Lloyd Austin, I guess, was in hospital for treatment of some kind of possible... Uh, what is it? Prostate cancer, I think they said. And whether that was successful, not successful, don't know. I don't particularly care. But the, the big rub with that was that nobody knew the guy was there. Apparently, um, nobody in D.C., nobody in the White House, and nobody in the Pentagon appears to have known that this guy went to the hospital for this shit. And he was in there like several days. The guy's hospitalized, like, I don't know what, it was like five days, was or still is, anyway, hospitalized, and nobody fucking knew, so the guy was just fucking gone, so, that apparently has just kind of been overlooked, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes guys just, uh, you know, they need to take a day, and they're just not around, nobody can find them, and you know, sometimes that somebody is the guy who cuts your lawn, and sometimes that somebody is the Secretary of Defense, these things happen, Goy, I guess, whatever. But they're, you know, painting this thing now as like, yeah, this guy ordered this launch from his hospital bed. That's that's how much of a baller we are in this in this country, this great and diverse nation. That uh, you know, we crush motherfuckers from from the cancer ward. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. But uh, why this this matters a lot is because um, the way that this is getting painted, or you know, my understanding of this, is that these Houthi rebels, like they stage out of Yemen, but they're talking about how these people are heavily Iran-backed, and then they're talking about Hezbollah, uh, saying that they're very heavily Iran-backed, and to what degree they are or aren't, I cannot really say. But what it does appear is that. Um, by the U.S. media and, you know, the U.S. government, is there really a difference at this point, putting out that all of these, well, these two specific organizations are backed very heavily by Iran. Uh, this sort of sets the stage for if and when a conflict directly with Iran kicks off, that you're going to be more likely to accept this shit. That like, yeah, dude, they've been saying, you know, Iran, Iran, Iran for so fucking long. And I guess this is, it's just finally come to a head. Uh, it has appeared for quite a while now that Iran is the cooler customer at the table. All right. So there has been a lot of fucking around. I mean, a lot of fucking around in the Red Sea, in and out. Um, 
and uh, Iran has been the the. I mean, it's it's their neighborhood for fuck's sake, but they're the ones not really making a stink about any of this. And of course, you don't see anything really from Saudi because they want a seat at the table. You don't see anything from UAE because they're just in it for the shekels. Uh, Yemen and like Egypt is paid off. Yemen, I mean, they just don't. It is what it is, dude. They, as a country, don't really have the firepower to go toe to toe. But what um, what the U.S. and more specifically Israel clearly wants is that conflict with Iran. So that says a lot about the ramping up here. So you know to sort of to sort of draw a parallel. I mean, the big concern here is these Houthi rebels attacking merchant vessels that are connected to Israel. Okay, so yeah, like you're, you're hurting commerce. Oh my God, the commerce, the money, the prices, the shekels. Okay, um, so far as I was aware, there had been, there's been no like, yeah, they sank this ship, they killed these merchant mariners. Nothing like that has gone on. But now if you will look at like how many, how many illegals coming over the U.S. southern border have killed American citizens? How much has that driven down the cost of labor? How many British girls have been raped or murdered by people who, by, by hostile Muslim immigrants in that country? I mean, that's a straight question, dude. That just is what it fucking is. How many no-go zones do you have in those countries? And yet, there is no military action. There is no putting of the foot down. There is no, all right, motherfucker, that's enough. There's no drawing of a line in the sand of like, I fucking had it. We're going to set this straight. You don't do this shit to these people. No, man, no. There's nothing like that. There's only like, oh, bro, it is what it is. It's part and parcel. And you're getting that because, like, the mayor of London is what? A Pakistani. All right? So many of these, these Britbong Island mayors, uh, members, parliament, uh, all of this shit, they are, they are of these communities from which these aggressive persons hail. Yes, we have the same shit in the States where more, I mean, Christ, look at Minnesota. Like Minnesota's new state flag looks like a spinoff of the Somalia flag. You take a look at it. Look up the new Minnesota state flag. All right, it look, it's the same colors, the, the, the green, the white, the blue, even the same shades of these colors. It's a spinoff of the Somalian flag. But in spite of these hostilities, in spite of the shit that these people pull, in spite of the very, very negative effect on the society that you, American citizen, live in, there is not going to be any kind of strike. There's not going to be any kind of decisive action. There's not going to be any kind of putting the foot down from the hospital bed. I don't care if I have ash cancer. I'm going to fix this shit yesterday. Nothing of the sort is going to happen. Fuck you, dude. Gut it out. Go get two jobs then if you don't like it. Move if you, move if you don't like it. You hear that, right? Start your own internet if you don't like it. That's what you get. But Israeli mercantile, what do they get? They get missile strikes on some country on the other side of the fucking world. And not because you absolutely cannot get to there from here, but because you're just going to have to go the long way around. So just so you know, then that's where you stand, man. You fall way, way, way like a distant, distant second to Israeli mercantilism to predatory capitalism. That's where you fall out, all right? American citizen, British citizen. So you can see there where the priorities lie. 
So why this is like further, why this is kind of relevant is there's such a big fucking rush, right? If it feels like there's a fucking rush, it's because there fucking is. There's a very good chance, like, how many people, like, how many protests, how many fucking riots, even these fuck stick? You know, when I'm fucking agreeing with Antifa fucks, even though I don't agree with the way that they want to, why always blocking traffic? What the fuck is it with these people in traffic? Yes? But blocking traffic to make their points, hey, man, stop blowing up these fucking Palestinians. It's not cool. Yeah, I agree with that. So when I'm agreeing with these fucking idiots, if I'm seeing it, bet your ass that the people in D.C. are seeing it. And they're seeing that, like, yeah, dude, everybody thinks this is not fucking cool. All right? So if everybody thinks this isn't fucking cool, what do you think is going to happen when voting time comes around? Your asses are going to get voted the fuck out. And a regime that is not as friendly to Israeli interests is going to get voted in. So that can be like a two-part thing where, on one hand, the, uh, the APAC people who are pulling the strings in D.C. are saying that, look, man, there's a chance that we just don't have the same pull this time next year, so we need to fucking act fast. There's also the component of this empire is fucking dying and you can't afford to wait another cycle. If you want greater Israel, you're going to have to get it fucking today. It's going to have to spin up fucking yesterday. You're going to have to get this war going. You're going to have to wipe this Iran off the map. You're going to have to crush these Houthi rebels, this Hezbollah, this Hamas. You're going to have to clear these dudes out. We got to set up shop and it's going to have to happen now. So this could be an either or where like maybe they're looking like, well, we don't really have a long-term option. We got to get this done now. Uh, they could also be looking at, we got to get it done now because America's not going to be an option for us, you know, past the next four years because they're going to be so weak. I don't know which it is, but that is definitely the direction that it's going, right? It's very much definitely the direction that, yeah, man, we, we can't afford to wait till next time around. It's got to be now, right? That shit's definitely happening. What that means for you then is that where they start rushing, they're rush, rush, rushing. We got to get this war going. You hear, I mean, and, and too, like these Muslim countries, they talk a lot of shit, they talk a lot of shit, and then they finally... Sometimes they finally do something. Sometimes they don't talk at all, and then they do something. But, you know, it's very fucking unpredictable. It's hard to say, like, when are you going to actually fucking do something? But they are talk, talk, talking right now. And they are talk, talk, talking about this... This, uh, this aggression will not stand, man. Like, this line in the sand, man. Like, they are not fucking cool with this. Um, why that is a problem specifically is because Border Patrol in the States is seeing unfucking precedented record numbers of what they're calling encounters, which is like, yeah, this is the number of people that we're running into. But if they're getting wrapped up fucking around with somebody way more often than they usually are, that means they're not going to be encountering somebody else, right? So if there's like 10 guys, you know, maybe some of them spend like one or two hours during each shift encountering someone, there's going to be a saturation point where like, yeah, dude, I'm just constantly on the encounter, right? I go from one fuck stick to the next, all right? And now I'm encountering, encountering, encountering. But once these guys are all wrapped up and that saturation point is reached, that means that like the free flow behind you is just like, there's people going by that you're never even going to fucking see. So what you got to take into account here is that like, yeah, there's going to be a point where like you can't report an increase because there's not enough people to report them. 
right? Everybody is constantly encountering. So what they're seeing again and again and again here is it's not just Mexicans and Guatemalans and what have you. They're talking about Chinese. They're talking about Haitians. They're talking about people from who the fuck knows where. Why that's a problem is because we already know that smuggling routes into the States is, I mean, it's been up and running for a while. Like when we're talking about like the, the El Chapo tunnels from like some house in Tijuana to some other house over the border in like San Ysidro, like down by the border in San Diego. Like if they found one, how many more do you think are out there, right? Because you always got to consider like you found one, that doesn't mean that it's all gone. Just like, like finding cocaine in a speedboat. You caught one. If this is one, like how many more are there? You don't fucking know, right? So what this means for you then is a worst case possibility where like these people decide all at once to like, you know what? We have fucking had it with your shenanigans and even worse that some of the people in power say, yeah, dude, if it does kick off that way, if they do just start spinning up crazy stateside where like all these Chinese or all of these Haitians or all of who the fuck ever is coming across the border. If they all manage to get themselves armed up, then we're in a situation where, like, all these people are just running around fucking wild. It's fucking Civil War, fucking Thunderdome, ready to go. So, one, that destabilizes this country, which makes, you know, that just benefits the people on the other side of the world trying to live their lives. But, two, it makes it possible for the people currently running this country to say, hey, the election thing, we're not doing that shit no more. We got bigger fish to fry. We got this shit to deal with. We're in charge indefinitely until the situation is resolved. And then just like everything America does, we maintain a steady state of chaos until, you know, until it's time to up the taxes and fund some other government program and weasel dick a little bit more of your life away from you. So in that sense, then something that I wanted to hit on that was kind of touched on in the chat there is that where somebody was talking about like, you know, is it, is it like totally off the table? for, you know, guys in our thing to think about joining the military. Dude, I would say yes, absolutely. It's off the fucking table. Even when I was in like this idea of like, oh, the American military would never turn on American citizens. Dude, that is all we fucking practice on is American citizens. You know, I worked with, um, I did one training gig when I moved into a teaching role when I'm too old and busted up to be going over the wall. I moved into one instructing role where we had like indigenous speaker, like Arabic speakers to come on target for guys to work on. So like you roll people up and they're like, oh, well, I'm out of, you know, and they're doing the whole Arabic thing. And it's a very different flavor, man, because when you go in there against like somebody like, you know, another American and they speak English, this is very fucking different. Like you go in there, they act the way you act. They, you know, they, they try to hide or they give something away. It's, you know, you're communicating, even if it's non-verbally, like things make more sense. You ask questions, they answer questions. You ask complex questions, they give you complex answers. It's fucking, it's a very different animal. When you got an Arabic speaker or any native speaker, you have to slow this shit way down. And the way that they act, like if they're acting guilty or acting confused or whatever, because that, you know, if you actually went on target and they are actually confused or guilty or pissed off or whatever, it looks different. They behave different than what you expect and you got to kind of get used to it. But the thing is though, is that whether it's 
role players on target or even paper targets. Paper targets in the fucking shoot house or on the range, you know, when you're not just using cheapo silhouettes just to drill like the shoot, no shoot targets, they're always white people. They are always white people. It could be a kid with a skateboard. It could be a woman with a set of keys. I've like, I've mentioned this shit before, dude. All of the shoot, no shoot targets are pictures of white people. There's not like a picture of a black dude walking his dog. There's not a picture of like an Indian woman, uh, you know, with her fucking purse or with a machine gun or some kind of shit. All of those shoot, no shoot targets are white dudes. Then when you do these big targets, like the big time production targets, we're like, okay, it's going to be the big field training exercise. It's going to be like a small town. And there are like towns, uh, like, well, I don't want to say where, but there's, there's like towns, like especially in the South where like an entire town is in on this thing, you know, and they'll do that. They're like part of the exercise. Like the whole town will come out and they're like citizens of, you know, wherever the fuck trash canistan, whatever. And they're in on it, but they ain't fucking actors. So they talk and they act like Americans. But so the end result then is that you as an American military person, you're training your entire career on Americans. You're training to run against Americans, to round up Americans, to shoot at Americans if they're shooting at you. So this shit of like, oh no, American military would never do that. Yeah, they fucking will because that's what they have fucking trained for. Right? So for one, then, should uh, should uh, our guys ever join the military? I'll say fuck no, dude. Absolutely not. You don't want to get ordered into a position like that. If you want to, you know, if you want to get hard, you want to become a hard motherfucker, go out there and just do something difficult, man. You can do that shit. Go out there and just fucking put out. You'll get fucking harder just off doing something difficult. If you want to develop your skills... Go buy a weapon, get online, get some drills down, get out there and practice, get together with some other guys in our thing, get out to the fucking range, get out to the fucking woods, get out to the desert. Just practice, go through the motions, running and gunning, move it through your house, get get fucking, you know, dummy guns, water pistols, so you don't look like you're up to no good, and then go around the neighborhood. You can do this shit. I'm just saying you're going to have to be resourceful because what you don't want to be is part of the machine, all right? So I'm going to cut this this a little bit short because I'm starving to death. But um, if you dig this, you know where to find it, man. And if you want to jump in the chat, you can get over on the Abuse Hour on the Telegram and check it out, hassle some of the goys there. Otherwise, uh, I will talk to you next time. And until then, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I am Coffee. These are my takes.